Welcome back, everyone, to the next episode of the Unregulated <laughs> Podcast. This is episode number 60. 60. We're going to take it down a couple of notches today. No, we're today not. Because we were advised that we can get a little too animated, so we're going to take this PBS style. We're not going to. Tom's not. Gonna, Tom's good. Gonna, I'm not. We're going to whisper. So, All right. Well, before we get started, I do have a couple of, of uh, uh, shopkeeping items. Yeah. First, um... This is episode number 60, and uh, change is good. So we're looking for some feedback from our listeners. Please reach out to us. Um, do you want new music? Yes. We've had some debates about this. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Something a little butchier. So uh, I, that's the first one. Secondly, um, look out for a potential new logo. We are... Finally, after 60 episodes, <laughs> honing in on a new logo. Yeah, right. And with the new logo, you're going to see some actual marketing, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. I'm some actual marketing of the Unregulated Podcast. Unless, so unless as Mike said, has said in the past, continue to share with your friends. Continue to like and to review the Unregulated Podcast. As we head into our next 60 episodes, quite an adventure we've been on here, right, Mr. McKenna? Yeah, man. I mean, it's only been annoying most of the time. Some of the time. <laughs> okay. Um, where do we start today? What, what would you like to start with? I want you to lead us off today, big guy. I'm going to start with um, uh, two things that are about elections and polling, right? Um, Tony Fabrizio uh, did a released a survey, a set of surveys, actually. He did it in six swing states uh, last week. That showed that the president of these here United States would lose to the former president of these here United States in Arizona by six, I think, in Pennsylvania by three, maybe Arizona's eight, in Michigan by 12 points, and in Wisconsin by 10 points. All right, those, those I'm not saying that those numbers are wrong. I'm just saying there's no way a Republican would beat anybody in Michigan by 12 points, right? Um so there's some obviously obvious methodological problems with the survey. But beyond that, um, I thought about this. And my column on this is going to run before the podcast runs. So I encourage you to read the column, but I'm going to summarize it here. Um, it's not going to run against President Biden. If, the pres if President Trump runs against anybody, it's going to be somebody else. It's not going to be President Biden. He's not going to run again. And Kamala Harris isn't going to run again, right? It's going to be Gavin Newsom or Roy Cooper or Mitch Landrieu or Amy Klobuchar or somebody else. So, so, so there was a lot game of game this out for me. Though. There was like, a lot of just just there was a lot of triumphalism among the, in the Trump crowd about look at these great numbers. I'm like, those great numbers are totally manufactured. You people need to get serious. Plus, you have no idea what the context is going to be in 2024. Plus, you know. There's a bunch of stuff that's going to happen. Right. Democrats are going to run a third-party candidate designed specifically to split off the suburban Republicans. Twitter and Facebook are going to let the president back on those platforms. Well, Jack retired. Doesn't matter. They're going to let him back on the platform. Right. What I'm saying, they could use this as oh, well, an excuse yeah, yeah, as to an put excuse. him back yeah, on yeah, the platform. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say we're starting over. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give the you know, we're going to give the former president another chance here on Twitter, which would is exactly what the Democrats need, quite yeah. honestly, is for Trump to be responding to every single thing that's, that's right. happening. That's right. And the other thing that's going to happen is Republicans are going to take the House and the Senate, which means the Biden administration is going to have a villain, right? They're going to have a foil. You think about the Clinton administration, you think about Obama, both had terrible mid-year washouts. 
both won re-elections by larger margins than they won their original election, right? Um, in both cases, it was fairly comfortable. Um, and if you think about um, Clinton, part of it was, guess what? They set up a third party, right, to wash out the Republicans. So um, I'm not saying that the president, President Trump now, isn't going to run. He may run. I'm not saying that he's not going to win. I'm just saying he's not going to win Michigan by 12 points, and he's not going to run against Joe Biden, and this is not going to be an easy race. He lost his last race um, by 6 million votes. That's a lot of votes. That's a lot of people that you're going to have to convince, um, hey, you, you dummies made a mistake the first yeah, time. Yeah, okay. I mean, as, as Yogi Berra said, it's tough to make prediction, predictions, <laughs> especially, especially okay. about the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of this is- Yeah, yeah, predictive. Predictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he may run again. Sure, he may not. Who knows? Joe Biden may run again. Joe Biden's not going to run again. Uh, I I mean, uh, do you chat with no him regularly on no, this but issue? I just or... think Joe Biden couldn't could he didn't run in 2020. He was incapable I, I, of running then. Yeah, I agree with it, that. There's just no way he has no excuse to run a basement campaign okay, now. Okay. So how does how does the exit happen? He has to tell everybody right after the 2022 midterms, right? That he's not going to be running. He's not going to run it because I've heard the American people. No, he can't do any of that. No, he doesn't say that. He just says, "Look, I've always thought of myself as a transitional figure. In fact, he has said he is a transitional figure. And he's just going to say, I'm going to step aside for younger and better leadership. Blah blah blah. But as a practical matter, given that Iowa starts voting in January of 2024, he needs to say that by January of 2023. And you you know what? Truth of matter. Republicans take the House, take the Senate. He's a duck anyway. Doesn't sure, matter, sure. right? The administration's done. And I hate to say this because I know everyone gets tired of me saying this. I was right. I called peak Biden administration in April. And it's been a straight downhill run well, pretty much ever since. Some would argue he, he you know, took a victory lap with the quote-unquote bipartisan infrastructure. They bill. would be wrong. But so. that, that, that bill, by the way, was done in April. And that, I called it peak right after that. Yeah. Um, to the extent people disagree... They're wrong. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I love about you. I don't need to be that person. <laughs> so, so much humility. So, so, so humble. My, my only, my only point about this whole thing is, there's just a hell of a lot of triumphalism oh, in the Republican Party right there, now. Well, there's a it's, hell it, of a lot of time between now yeah. and the midterm. Yes, and double the amount of time between the midterm and the generals. So that's right. Yeah, you know, when you're around it, as long as we have, you've seen a lot of ter- twists and turns it, in this it, business. Bill Clinton was done at this point. Yeah. You know, uh, President Barry was done at this point. Excuse me, President Obama was done at this point. Yeah. And it just, so, you know, have some humility. The other thing on the polling side, right? I actually did a presentation this morning on um, the results in Virginia. And, and it hadn't occurred to me until, until a guy um, running the thing asked me a couple of questions. Um, you know, he wanted me to say, hey, the results in Virginia say that Trump is going to um, lead us all to an enormous victory in 2024, right? That is not what the results in Virginia show. What the results in Virginia indicate is, is that the president is going to be competitive where he was competitive last time, right? Swing states and the, the hard red states, right? What the results in Virginia really tell you is, is that if you can run a candidate with um, some Trump-like qualities, but with better tone and tenor, and temperament. I can think of a couple. Of I those. can think of a couple too, right? Um, I think everybody out there can. I don't think one of them is a Bush. No, <laughs> no. Trying to. So we were talking earlier about Nicole Wallace, somebody who's you know, Nicole I guess might have been promised a prominent job in the Bush. She was going to Bush administration. Yeah, no, she was going to go. Donald Trump skewered 
you know, her, her beloved. Yeah, candidate. no, she was going to go from hod carrier and florist uh, to, you know, somebody really important. Somebody maybe brings the afternoon snacks around to the president anyway. Yeah. I won't play the clip that prompted that. Yeah, seriously, please I'll don't. put it in the show notes because it's don't. ridiculous. She, she's just an unhappy person. We're trying to wash the negativity out of her life. Anyway, what the results in Virginia really suggest, I'm going to write a column on this too um, now, that I've, now that I've thought about it. Um, guys like DeSantis, guys like Greg Abbott, maybe guys like Rubio or Rick Scott or, you know, anybody who can put um, who can put a – Sunshiny, happy face, and a neutral um, countenance on any of this stuff. Um, all of a sudden, states that had been out of reach, Virginia, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, Minnesota, Vermont, they now all become um, part of the map. If you're a Democratic strategist, that's the really that's the takeaway you have in Virginia is that no margin is safe, right? They won Virginia by eleven points. Yeah, and, and no margin lost safe. New Jersey by right New Jersey, by a New Mexico, substantial swing. Right, um, New Mexico. So all of these places are now. I'm not saying the Republicans are going to win all these places, but they're now in the in the contention map, right? And that's if you're a strategist for the other side, that's some bad mojo. Yeah, right I I ooh, Washington's a stretch for me. Colorado is even starting to be a little bit of a stretch for me. But I see, I get your point yeah. entirely. Yeah. Um. Donald Trump is not going to um, disappear any anytime soon. So, it, you know, regardless of, That's of right. what the Republicans, how they're feeling, they're still trying to figure out how to navigate this. This right, they they can't. Well, I mean, what you don't he, get. I to... mean, he he was the president. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's he's the, the he is. He's the senior most guy in the Republican That's Party right. still floating around. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the thing about it is, and what nobody wants to say about Youngkin is he ignored him during the campaign. He paid no attention to him. You know. He he didn't encourage him to come to Virginia. He didn't discourage him. He didn't take calls. He didn't not take yeah. calls. He did that more effectively than Chris Christie did in his little book tour. Uh, his yeah. week long sessions so, on CNN. When you're explaining, you're losing. That's right. That's what we like to say here right. in in politics land. Um, he didn't, you know, he didn't do that. But but Christie fumbled all around the Donald Trump question and didn't handle it very well. That's right. So. And, and you know, so we all have um, drama queens in our lives, right? People who live on the churn, and if the churn doesn't exist, they will create churn, right? Um. I have two sisters. Um, one of them was no longer with us. One of them was still with us. Both drama queens absolutely had to have emotional churn, right? They fed off it. Um, President Trump's a, dr a drama queen, right? And the best way to deal with drama queens is to give them the nod, to do what the Irish call, to give them the nod. Uh-huh, sure, yeah, whatever. Don't ever turn into the crazy. Don't ever engage with the well, crazy. Well, if you, if you go back to the primaries, you, you watch each and every one of yeah. them, you know, Engaged in the crazy. Engaged in it. They engaged in it. And got annihilated. Right. Because you can't beat the master unless at his own game. Unless you're the same kind of person. Right. Which he's got a little bit of the same kind of person in him. Who? Christy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which so. he's he's one of the few guys who gives as good as he gets. Yeah. But, but um, that's the lesson of Virginia. Don't be a drama queen. Don't engage. Don't worry about it. And if you're a Democratic strategist, 
worry about a guy like DeSantis destroying your map. Yeah, well, that's why they're so hard uh, up against him, right? That's why the media is, you know, pouncing on him. Because the Democrats are very good at identifying their biggest threat to their agenda. And going again. And going and, and trying, going attempting to, to sure, and, and, and many times succeeding to destroy ask said, it, said ask, person. Ask any black Republican. Ask, ask my former boss. Two of my yeah, former bosses. I was going to say. Ask, right? any, ask any black Republican. Ask, in, in the case of your boss, bosses, ask anybody who's effective at either holding a line. Um, or advancing the ball. Or, 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 or well, I've thought for years that Pombo's um, cardinal sin was that he had Democrats who were going to do stuff with him. And the party could not have, on environmental stuff. Yeah, he had Neil they, Abercrombie helping him out with the party could not, offshore yeah, stuff. The Democrats and, could not split that donor base, right? Well, that There's was also no the way. beginning of, of the ascendancy of the Greens yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in taking over the Democratic Party. That's right. And that, that is, you know. That's right. Clearly, had has so he was now. he was punished he was punished for being bipartisan yeah by the other side yeah irony um, okay so long way to go lots of polls will come and go um, short 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 uh, to shorten this conversation there's still miles and miles between now and and any meaningful sort of polling that will help determine what's going to happen. Yeah, and now, and that's why I wrote so. the column, right? Because it was just like, hey, we're going to win. And I'm like, <laughs> are you guys for real? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we talked about this at lunch, and I do I do want to bring it up here in the Unregulated Podcast. In all fairness. Proxy I, voting. In all fairness, I was drunk during lunch, so. Well, I had a meat coma from that steak, but we talked about whether or not the Republicans, if they take the House, are going to eliminate proxy voting. Yeah. You want to take wager on that? I say they're not, because I, I still have faith. I tell you what. I still have faith that they will do the right thing and eliminate proxy voting, because if you don't eliminate proxy voting, then you might as well just admit that the, the committee process is irrelevant right. and, and right. doesn't need to exist right. any longer. Right. Well, okay, so so let's roll this let's roll this together with the with the um with the stripping of committee assignments, right? Um, you know, McCarthy's already said he's gonna strip committee assignments from people, which seems really he will, he will have he will have no choice or he will not be right. Uh, unless there's a like a washout. Right. He's got a margin. He's got sixty extra guys. Right. He's going to have to even do then, something. Even then, all these new guys, they're going to a bunch of them are going to be in right, the Freedom of course. Caucus. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to they're not going to have any conception of what they're doing, right? Right. Uh, or the precedential nature of it. So, um, can we structure the bet this way? Here's the tricky thing, right? The rules package is the first thing that gets voted on, right? And how many Democrats are going to vote for proxy voting? All of them, right? Yeah, so you, in other words, all the Republicans had to vote. And not all, well, but I, I think you're going to— They're you, not going to vote for the rules package, though. The Democrats aren't going to vote for the rules package. No, no, no. Lot, no. They're going to get rid of PAYGO. They're going to reinstate PAYGO. Sure, sure, sure. They're going to fix all this you know, climate but, but exemptions. But what's going to happen— But what I know. mean is is that the presence of those Democrats sitting there means that if 50 Republicans, just 50, get up and say, hey, you know what? I like proxy voting. It's going to have to come out. So— you mean it'll stay in? It'll stay in. Sorry, yeah. I, 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 I'm thinking about the provision to get rid of it is going to yeah. have to come out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the I think they're gonna I think they're gonna um allow it, and put some emergency language in there 
um, because yeah. guys from the West, guys from the South, um, just are like, you know what? This is just so much easier on me. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not at the whim of, I'm not at the whim of getting called back, right? Um, I'd rather them move, move the capital around. All right. Let's me too. <laughs> let's just oh, move I, it I, around. I, let's put it in the center of the state for a couple years. You know, move it west, move it south. We should uh, look. Is, our experience in Grand Junction with, with BLM <laughs> is definitely that's the right thing to do, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That's anyway, another thing that they. So I'm a yes. I think the so. Republicans are going to keep proxy voting. What I do you can, vote? What I, do you? What I do you... vote no, but I'm mostly in voting with my heart. <laughs> On this one, uh, I think that medium. they're going to make a really strong case that that we have to undo all of the, all of the tyrannical behavior of. I think part of the central theme is going to be these guys destroyed, you know the, Who's the, made the institution that? we're going to restore. Who's it. made that case so far? Nobody has. Which goes back to your other point. I get that part, but between, let me ask you a different. Question. As I said earlier. A lot of distance between then and now. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a different question before we ask the producer what he thinks. Which Republican has the intellectual ability to make that argument in the House? I can think of maybe six guys, and they're busy doing something else. Well, I mean, we, we always go back to the same six guys. Yeah, I was going to so say it's the same six guys. It, Tom yeah. McClintock, right? I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, he's from the West, so he could, you know, yeah, he, eliminate he, that whole. He, you know, he's excuse. right. Devin. Yeah. Um, Chip Roy. Yeah, you know, but like I said, we, yeah. you, you got six or eight, you got six or eight guys who actually think about this stuff. Producer, Republicans, yes or no on proxy? Uh, no. No, they don't get rid of it. No, they, they, no, they, no, they, they get rid of it. No, they don't get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. Too well, well, too de- how depressing is that, sports fans? All right, all right. Well, look, to be to be continued on that one. Okay. Um, our, our producer's a communist, by the do way. Do you guys? Do you remember? Producer might not remember this, but do you remember the the classic? WKRP in Cincinnati episode. When you think of WKRP in Cincinnati, the what do you turkeys? think? The turkey drop. The, the flying turkeys. Okay. I didn't know they couldn't fly. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're, we're going to put the clip in the show notes. Um, okay. Interior Secretary Holland did a turkey drop on Black Friday. You're ki- oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The oil and gas thing. Okay. They, you know, literally four days after... Joe Biden spoke to the three days after Joe Biden spoke to the American people about how much he cared about gas prices and that he was going to direct his energy secretary to, you know, lift or release barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve um, because we got to lower the price of gas for Americans because they're paying too much. And I'm not going to take any questions right now because that's not what I do. But then I'm getting on a plane to hang out for the weekend in Nantucket at some rich guy's house. Yeah, man. Um, his interior secretary. By the way, not just some random rich guy's house. The guy who runs the Carlisle Group, which has enormous chunks of business before the federal government, yeah. and nobody said no, a word about of it. Not, anyway, I didn't mean. Any, I didn't no, mean. Fine. You, thank you for for putting some context around that. So the interior secretary released their <laughs> long anticipated report on on in your analysis of the oil and gas leasing on federal lands. And you know what their top three conclusions were? We got to up the royalty fees. Right. Because after all, we gotta I mean, make, they're paying way more on private lands for their royalties. We got to make it, we got to make energy more expensive. Go ahead. And we have to reduce the areas where we are going to make right. lands available for lease. Right. So 
Getting that out. By the way, about 48 hours late. This report came out about 48 hours after the president yeah. said, hey, higher gas prices are bad. But yeah. uh, game one out. It, it, they're going to. It means less. Less leasing on federal lands, which means less barrels, which means higher sure, gas prices. Sure, man. The whole, the whole, the whole, the whole bias in this administration has been anything that increases the price of oil, gas, natural gas. They're in favor of anything else. Um, they're not right. Um, it, it, no surprise. Did you know sticking sticking with what they're sticking with? Yeah. So anyway, uh, and, this and, is and, deja vu all over again. And to one of our to one of our listeners, Joe from Alaska, the good news is, when you get to be Secretary of Energy, uh, Secretary of Interior, rather, you're just going to have just a bunch of work to do, man. It's, you're going to have to weed this field for like ten months before you're going to get to um, plant anything. The whipsaw continues. Okay. So basically, what we have seen, if you, for for those who are a little bit younger and haven't been around. Every single thing that the Obama administration did and said about high gas prices, except for the we can't drill our way out because they can't say that anymore yeah, because seriously. we did. Shot that, shot that talking point. They're doing the exact same thing. They're blaming the industry. Sure. They're accusing them of price gouging. Sure. They're sending letters to the FTC. Sure, man. They're pretending that they care about gas prices by, you know, uh, you know talking about the SPR. But every single one of their policies and policy matters is right out of the playbook of the Greens. Yeah, there's one other thing, right, that, that you, 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 we have said before and you have thought about. Um, the, the other difference is their attitude now is, you know, the Obama guys, oh, yeah, high gas prices are bad and we need to do something about it, blah, 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 blah. Some significant chunk of this administration is like high gas prices are good because they drive our agenda. That's right. It, it um, and they say it. I mean, Pete Buttigieg just, hey, you know what? You should buy an electric. If you don't like gas prices, as <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> his okay. His quote it, was utterly ridiculous. Yeah, man. Of course, he said, "Just buy an EV. We're giving you all these credits. They're practice. It means you it." That you'll never have to pay for gas again. You'll never have to. What he said was, you'll never have to care about the price of gas yeah. again. Like somehow, nothing gets moved by gasoline <laughs> or diesel in this country. Nothing. Nothing gets moved by truck. Nothing that you buy comes on a comes on a train, a plane, or a truck. Like you grow everything in your backyard. Okay, that's the Secretary of Transportation, ladies and gentlemen. Um, South Bend. I love the University of Notre Dame, but the the town in which it is embedded is a pest hole and a terrible, terrible place. And this guy is was out of his depth as mayor. He's out of his depth as secretary of transportation. I try not to not like anybody, but, man, he makes it hard. Yeah, so even when you price in all of the incentives and discounts, a.k.a. subsidies. Yeah, man. The price of an EV is still higher. Of course it is. The average price is still around maybe eighteen to twenty grand higher. Of course. And that doesn't okay. count that doesn't count the battery switch out at five at five years, right? Yeah. Or or eight. You know, it might be getting better. <laughs> but like Really? Does it matter? Because an average car lasts about twelve years now, so what is the uh current penetration of EVs in the in the market right now? It's in these two percent in these here United States, about two percent. About two percent. Yeah, man. So, um, 
I'm sorry. It's just just shut up and buy an EV, Tom. It's all just silly, silly stuff. Shut up and buy an EV. And it's just further and... proof that these guys have no idea what they're doing. But they don't really have to, right? Because they don't really get any scrutiny. No, they're totally protected by the press. I mean, they get no scrutiny. In, in all like, fairness, in all the fairness, only one who's who's doing any like sort of raising the hypocrisy level of these is Ducey at Fox, well, right? With his I, with his the good one or two is, questions to circle back every. The every good day. news is, is we're about twelve months away from them from the media starting to do this, right? Because in about twelve months, it become obvious the president's not going to run again, and all these media guys are going to have their own particular favorites. So they'll start actually being the media guys again. Um, Perhaps. But for right now, all they know is Republican bad, Democrat good. That's that. It's funny. It's one of my things to talk about is the media, but I guess we'll get to it later. Well, let's get to it now. Might as well. So the, the media. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I know where you're going. Where do you think I'm going? Should I bring this up? Not the, the Chris Cuomo? Yeah. This I, from, actually, uh, there, there were two stories. There were there were. This there were actually three stories that, that popped this week. Context, yeah, yeah, sure. Chris Cuomo suspended from CNN indefinitely. Which, by the way, let me just stop you right there. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin was um, suspended from CNN indefinitely. And if you turn on CNN probably right now, whatever time of day it is. Well, he zipped it. He he's zipped he's sitting up. there. He, he may have. He zipped things up. So, yeah. You know. So, 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 so those, those, those indefinite York, suspensions aren't really worth much. It comes after saying. New York Attorney General's investigation into Cuomo's involvement in the sexual harassment scandal of his brother, Andrew, then Governor York. As you know... The latest is is that they they released the results of the investigation, which confirmed that Cuomo killed people because of his COVID policy, but also confirmed that he had his staff work on his five million dollar book for him during business yeah, hours. Yeah, well, I would. Too. But they also uncovered that Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, was much more deeply involved in helping to uh, frame his son's uh, his, his brother's. brother's yeah, of course. Uh, response to all of this than he had her, had earlier led on to believe. Which, by the way, if my brother is in trouble, I would do the same thing. The important, the important but you'd difference be honest is, about it. Right. The important thing is he probably should have taken a leave of absence from CNN, right? That's right. You know, if you're going to do it, fine. I get it. You and wanna... he probably would have been better, like, he probably would have looked like... Yeah, man. I'm doing the right thing. Look, he's doing the right thing yeah. for his bro. I'm trying to help. Right? He would have got brother. some sympathy for Sure. That. Look, what kind of person turned... You know, we all know he's a meathead, right? They're We've seen what they're, he's done. They're both meatheads. We've seen what he's been caught on, on video doing, Come like on. riding around on his bicycle when he was chastising everybody else for not wearing their masks and he's... doing all that other stuff. So You know, look, um, I, I, Andrew Cuomo is fundamentally indefensible as a human being, so... Um, he gets all good things that are coming to him. The the three stories that, that that hit last in the last seven days that have struck me, right? One was the Cuomo thing, right? And it was the funniest thing about the the funniest thing about the, the Chris Cuomo thing was when CNN suspended him indefinitely, which I suspect will last whatever couple of weeks. Um, It'll last longer than that. The Washington Post and the New York Times were caught flat footed. They, they, they both admitted, hey, we were caught flat-footed because nobody expected CNN to actually do it. There were such limited expectations. Nobody expected CNN to do it. So that tells you something about how the media thinks about itself, right? That's one. The second thing, right, that hit 
was you got we finally got uh, we finally got uh, pre-publication prints, post-publication prints. We get prints of Katie Couric's book, where she acknowledges protecting. Um, well, I don't like to think of it as protecting. Where she acknowledges not quoting Justice Ginsburg about Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah. Um, and it turns out that she had asked she asked for advice from David Brooks of all people. Now, why anybody would ask David Brooks for advice? Um, all four foot two of him. I have no earthly idea. But David Brooks said, yeah, you shouldn't include the quote because she's elderly. Elderly and probably, here's the quote, elderly and probably didn't fully understand the question. Unbelievable. That's unfreaking believable. If you actually believe that, then you should be advocating, you should have been advocating for her to leave the Supreme Court. Because if she didn't understand a simple question from a simple member of the media, how in the hell could she navigate a court docket? Yeah, she confesses in her book, she quote, wanted to protect Ginsburg and felt that the issue of racial justice was a blind spot for her. Yeah. So basically, she decided what she was going to put in and what she wasn't going to put in. The best part about the Couric book is she said she wrestled with it and wondered if it had been Sam Alito, whether she'd have done the same thing. Well, let me help you, Katie. You wouldn't have because you're, you're a terrible person. And, and these people are not people to you. They are political pawns to be moved around your own chessboard. So, um, so that's the second thing that happened. Go ahead. You're just, just no, no, keep going. The third going. thing that happened is something you said last week, and I thought you were, I hoped you were going to be wrong. Um, but it has turned out that you were right. Um, you probably don't remember last week's podcast. I don't I, remember what I had. For I barely remember last week's <laughs> podcast. No, I totally remember last you week's podcast. You said. But I say so many brilliant things. I don't know which brilliant thing I said. Fair enough. Um, let me remind you. Um, oh, great one. Um, you said that because it didn't fit the narrative, the media was going to disappear the Waukesha story. And here we are. Oh, a week, it's gone. I was going to say, here we are a week later. Oh, yeah. Um, there has been no investigation of who this guy is, what the circumstances were. There's been no tributes to the now six dead people. No visits to the 40-odd wounded people in the hospital. No examination of the role of John Chisholm in the the, um, the Milwaukee County um, District Attorney who let this guy out on bail. And more than this guy lets everybody out on light bail, right? The George Soros funding of this guy. Mm-hmm. It has all vanished. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, I am not one of these people who lies awake at nights thinking the media hates me. The media hates me. Um, but this this week or this this last five six seven days has been three really big examples of how the media doesn't hate me, but it hates America. It really does. It does not like it, any I mean, of you listening here. You know, there's more. There's there's example after example. Uh, I give you the hypocrisy more. of of the you know Black Lives Matter rallies. You know, not causing super spreader events, but every time conservatives get together, it was a super spreader event. Yeah, man. Right. The way that they cover people who have legitimate concerns about vaccination. Um, well, Smollett, yeah, that, forget, that whole fiasco, right? That. You got that kid, that, that poor kid from uh, right with the house. Sandman. Oh, yeah, Nick Sandman. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it, you it, know, it. the source of a huge fight at Turkey Dinner with, with um, Rittenhouse, right? Really? I mean. Really? Oh, Yeah. Did somebody think that he, that he should have allowed Pretty himself to be shot else, to death? He should have been shot to should, death. Said that he should rot in jail because he's guilty because he killed three people. So they 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 listened to the. Did you point out to them that we have half a million soldiers under arms whose specific job it is to kill people for us? Anyways, 
the point is is that I totally agree with you and and I will agree with um and I won't take credit for this but Matt Lewis yeah um wrote an article in Daily Beast a while back talking about in particular Katie Couric's garbage that this all has led to Trump in a lot of respects like they the media got what they deserved because they, I, I don't you know I again we talk about this they ex- that you radicalize a bunch of you radicalize a portion of the population and then you're amazed when they're radicals. Yeah. The I'm other like, thing is even even uh what's his name there? Bill Maher said it. Like we should never have demonized Mitt Romney the way that we did. No, of course not. We should never have uh demonized uh George W. Bush the way that we did, or John McCain for that matter, because this is who this is this is the the conclusion. Look, the the I've said this before. I'll say it again, and then I want to come right. I want to come right back to something that happened on my Thanksgiving, right? Because um, it's relevant to this. I, I'm a I'm a relatively old man, um, fairly prosperous, right? Um, I have played the American game, and I think played it pretty well. When you can radicalize a guy like me, yeah, you can radicalize <laughs> anybody. Right, yeah. you know, there's there's literally nobody out there you can't radicalize if you can radicalize radicalize me because I love everybody. But you know, sometimes in, you have a funny way of showing it. Though. In a span of five, <laughs> you really do. You got to admit that in a span of about five years, they managed to completely <laughs> radicalize me. Like yeah. I said, not easy. So, um, let me let me. Let so me, how does this? Let me. Let's, sh- let's look forward. Wait, wait, can I? Yeah, go ahead. You first. How does where? What is the logical? conclusion of this i mean are they going to are they, are going, they going to, to explode is who? this gonna is there gonna be a change or is this gonna or, or are we just gonna the media, like, come to terms with the fact that we're gonna have to deal with this this noise i i, I think you know there's only two possible answers right um and um and it's like this um Either the media becomes buggy whip manufacturers, right? The mainstream media becomes yeah. buggy whip ma- buggy whip manufacturers. You know, they they get taken over, you know, by other other things, and that seems to be what's happening, right? You know, you 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 look across the media in the last ten years. Um, there's fewer reporters, fewer editors, fewer outlets. They're making less money, um, less money on clicks, less money on this, less money on that. Um, the the model is moving more towards a decentralized. Um, model, right? It's hard to remember, and people under the age of 35 have no memory at all of how bad things were before the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Rush Limbaugh um, was created as a godsend to all of us because he was literally the only guy in a lot of cases who was telling us any actual, like, real news, right? Yeah, I, and I... It, it, you know, there were three networks, and that was it. They were gatekeepers. Right. And now there's how many million podcasts, right? I, I mean, know. this is at why least, we're at least one too many. This is why our <laughs> <laughs> this is why our hundreds of listeners <laughs> tune in every week, right? Because they want to like cut through right. all the garbage. And, and that's and that's the thing about it, right? So, and I think that's the likely answer because there's no other way to get rid of them, right? They're so embedded. I, I always ask this question: anybody who complains to me about the media, I'm like, when's the last time you watched nightly news? At six thirty or seven yeah. o'clock, right? Nobody, nobody, right? Okay, um, Thanksgiving, real quick, right? Yep. I, I came back in from church on Thursday morning, right, and uh, was treated to uh, two of the um, young ladies in my family, um, 
one I'm related to by blood and the other I'm related to by marriage, explaining to my son um, that the Knights of Columbus is a white supremacist organization um, because they're all male and I didn't, it perpetuates something or other. I didn't really follow. I was just like, yeah, we're not talking about this. You know, I, you, know, you had the, the, the common sense to cut it off. Yeah, we're just, you know, I'm like, right. we're not, you know, you, you, a couple of things. I'm a knight. He's a knight. You know, you, you, you know, people in your family are knights. So we're not talking about this because the, the way this story ends is um, we're all either racist or dimwits. And that's just not a way we're starting Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I don't want, I don't want to start off with Thanksgiving by throwing a couple of people out of the house, but it made me think about it for a second. Right. Cause these, you know, these two, these two ladies, middle demographic, right. Middle of the demographic, college educated white women, uh, one married, one not no kids. Right. So they're the middle of the democratic demographic, right. Mm. Dead center, middle of the fairway kind of thing. And, to, and I've known them obviously their whole lives. Right. This, um, this, I changed both their diapers when they were babies. Right. This, this. White supremacy. I never heard either one of them use the word white, you know, phrase white supremacy until yeah, it's everywhere now. Right? It's rampant. Okay, so it made me think. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, critical race theory, defund the police, occupy Wall Street. But critical race theory doesn't exist. You're right. <laughs> Whatever. I got um, that too on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Green New Deal, all of this stuff. You know, you look at all this stuff. I was thinking about the long arc of it from Occupy Wall Street to the 1619 Project, right, which book just hit the hit the um, streets a week yeah. ago. Um, they have two things in common. Um, and I'm coming back around to the Milwaukee um, District Attorney, Milwaukee County District Attorney. They all have two things in common. Um, they have no intention of changing any kind of policy. When you think about Occupy Wall Street. Um, it's narratives. It's the it's Occupy Wall Street. It's organizational. It's an organization. They're all organizational right. tools. They are mechanisms by which guys like George Soros put a billion dollars into yeah. the system, and he gets a hundred billion out in, you know, as we creep more and more towards socialism. It, uh, but where they're being used, of course they are, and that's and that's my point is that all of these guys are being used, um, and they don't see it. And I'm not exactly sure how to explain it, but if you look at, let's just take three things real quick. Occupy Wall Street, right? Hey, there's lots of systemic inequality. We should do something to change that. Okay. So 10 years later now, where are we? We have a Democratic Party that's insisting on a salt deduction bump up um, that would make it the largest tax giveaway to rich guys ever. Uh, Bernie's starting to, you know, Bernie's starting to throw some shade on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I guarantee you they're going to get something on that salt deduction because they have 20 guys in the house who absolutely insist on it. So- um, defund the police, highest crime rate ever. Yeah, right. You have more murders in Philadelphia than you had in the in the big top year, yeah. nineteen ninety. Right. Um, none of these things. It, it, climate change. Right. Just think about Paris. I was on a phone call with a bunch of guys who were trying to create a a center right um, policy platform for the Republicans. Right. We oh, got to talk about no, right, no, right, no. right, right, right. So we got to talking about about Paris. And literally no one on the phone could identify Paris and Kyoto as a failure, right? Emission, by their own by their own metric, right? Emissions have doubled since Kyoto was signed. Um, now, I don't know whether you think that's good or bad or indifferent. I'm mostly indifferent to it. But if you take their own metric, it's a failure. All these things have been failures. Yeah, I, and people like people like those those women, they don't seem to take like 10 seconds and think, 
why are all these things failing? Yeah, well, what do they all have in common? I, I like to simplify it a little bit. I like to say that if, if a Democrat is spouting off about something that they want to do for somebody, the, 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 usually what ends up happening is the opposite. Yeah, man. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. They, they lead with what – it's sort of a Saul Alinsky rule of radical – rules for radicals yeah. tactic, right? They they lead with their weakness. Yeah. They, they possess it or they sort of project it as a strength, but the underlying results are what they are. Yeah. Right? Nobody's addressing it. immigration. Yeah. Right? Same thing. It, well, you know. If they're for something, if they say they're for something, chances are their policies will lead to the opposite effect. It it, it, it struck me. You know, usually, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, you know, that, that stuff, that's going to infect – that's going to infect people in the Northeast, and it's going to affect the idiot Californians. But in the vast swath of the middle of the country, nobody believes that crap. And yet here I was in my own house I know. in Richmond, Virginia, capital of the Confederacy, the gateway to the Deep South, cradle of presidents, mother of the nation, listening to this from two people, both of whom have master's it's not degrees. Going away. It's yeah, not going it's away. crazy. Um, there's there's a, a, a the the Utes are are anxiety ridden about these things. Their the narratives have sunk in. Um, when you hear things like I, I, it took everything I could to like get myself up for a Thanksgiving dinner when I know that this land w- was seized from the natives. Don't celebrate the indigenous it. Persons, then don't celebrate it. Right. I mean, don't celebrate it then. It's, it's, you, you don't want to celebrate it? Don't celebrate it. Leave it to us. We'll celebrate it. We'll be happy. We'll watch football. We'll be happy. That's the sense. That's, that, that's the, the sense. By the way, producer, did the, did the Lions lose or win? Because <laughs> that's become a, a Thanksgiving ritual. Do you know? Did right. they lose? Yeah. I think it's six in a row, I think. It must be a hundred in a row. They've had some streaks, what, though. Don't tell you what, let's just have a quick poll on this. Should Detroit have that game taken away from them? Nah, let's leave it. Let's give them. Let's give them. People their Detroit game. need something. Let's give them their people game. I love Detroit. Yes, Don't people get me in wrong. Detroit need moving vans. <laughs> Pack up and back, get baby. out. All right. Um, let me <laughs> let me do a lightning round because I know you got a meeting. Right. Up a nomination update. Yes, Comrade Komarovsky. Oh yeah, I'm so depressed about this. November 24, Axios scoop: centrist Dems sink Biden's nominee for top bank regulator. Five Democratic senators told the House they won't support. Amarova, Sule Amarova, they had the officer. Comrade Komarowski. <laughs> did, did, you, did, you, did you get the quote from Pasaki Saki at the no, end of it? What did Circleback say? Circleback said, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we, we haven't given up. We hope that, you know. She'll come around. Maybe yeah, she'll we, pl- pluck we, some Republicans. We hope, we, hope that, we hope they'll come around and, like, ultimately support it. And I was just like, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> this is my good for stuff. you. Just like, they, they, you know, Axios does their little bullet points, you know, their go deeper. I, I will point out that the reporter on this, the reporter on this is a guy named Hans Nichols, who, yeah. who I met in the big house, and he's a friend of mine. He's a good guy. He's a good reporter. <laughs> Her nomination reflected in, in an ugly hearing in which John Kennedy <laughs> questioned whether he should call a native of the former Soviet Union professor or comrade. <laughs> you know it's bad we're starting to, we're starting to track Kennedy. Okay, so that's one, but not to be outdone. Okay, well, the only reason I'm sad about it, well, I'm sad about it because it's just been great content, and that's why I'm sad because I wanted, I wanted her to hang on long enough for me to write a column yeah, about it. She, well, you, she, they haven't withdrawn her nomination. Moscow State University. How did she get through the system? So, so awesome. But not to be, um, 
Not to be overshadowed. Yeah, uh, here's here's one from the Washington Post. Biden administration considering Richard Cordray. Yeah, I saw that. For the Fed's top banking cop. Yeah, that's terrifying. For those who uh, don't remember, he was the first director of the terrible and awful Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Again, think opposite. Yeah. Right. Having the opposite effect of what you're what yeah. you seek to attempt to, yeah, it, to it, do. It it it. The banks are going to probably put a, try to put a bullet in it, try to put a bullet in that, but I'm not sure how it's going to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's a trial balloon so that they can withdraw her nomination. I don't know. And maybe well, they say, well, we gave you Powell, which, you know, uh, was a you know a gift, I guess, to the Republicans. So it's a gift to Stephen Yukon, right? Mm. He, he's he's Powell's boy. So. So anyway, uh, but of course, Elizabeth Warren is a big fan of of Cordray. Well, she invented him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she 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 she's <laughs> so. you know she's she's Doctor Frankenstein. He's the monster. All right, um, I got one for the. By the way, can I make one correction? I last week I referred to Sec- uh, Senator Warren as um, the Senate's most renowned oil former oil lobbyist. I was of course wrong. She is the Senate's most renowned former um, oil lawyer. Yes. She was a lawyer for, for a correct. generation for the oil companies. I apologize to all out there who are offended uh, that Thank I failed to make for, that distinction. Thank you for making that clarification. Yeah. Sorry. So um, did you also see that her, uh, um, her Thanksgiving tweet? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. All right. Wondering why your Thanksgiving groceries cost oh, more yeah, this it's, year? It's because, it's because greedy corporations are charging Americans extra just to keep their stock prices high. Big poultry. This is outrageous. Big poultry. Um, yeah. So what's his name? Uh, Sherrod Brown, right? The the um, the uh, chairman of the banking committee in the Senate, right? Sherrod Brown did that whole same riff on a on a CARES Act oversight hearing last week, which is just supposed to be like, hey, we gave you guys a bunch of money, you're spending it okay. Sherrod Brown went on this whole riff that if if greedy corporate CEOs would just take a little less higher pay than workers and, and other people could <laughs> blah blah blah. Crazy. And I'm just like, you people are seriously morons. I will say this about Elizabeth Warren. I'm amazed that that someone with her background is in favor of celebrating thanksgiving at all you think she'd have more mixed feelings about it that is true i mean uh, actually she did uh successfully uh not set fire to the marshmallows on her sweet potato mashed sweet potato did she dish t- did she tweet that as well she did and i uh i commented her for that did the indians have sweet potatoes i said have, have um marshmallows those greedy capitalist marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> pol- the greedy capitalist marshmallow manufacturers, God. right? Big, uh, big poultry's coming to get you, gang. Okay, some other news. Uh, this, <laughs> what, what news was there in that last part? This, this uh, comes from, from our friends up north. There's three things yeah. from our friends up north. The first is, is the... These are some serious stuff here. They're, they're upset about the EV stuff, the EV credits. Oh, the Canadians. And the content requirements. Yeah, stuff. the Canadians. Yeah, they should yeah. be. Well, so, it, so the question is is whether they're going to loop Mexico in and file um, grievances. Sure, with, with the, the, the WTO. Yeah, absolutely. USMCA, sure. Um, again, gang, committees are important. They're quality control devices. Exactly. They prevent you from having stuff like this, right? You, 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 get, you get somebody like, 
oh, hey, dummy, that's not complying with WTO or USMCA. Really? Well, interestingly enough, in the article that I, I, I read. And it's, and it's going to destroy what I is it? I think it was Bloomberg in the article I read. It, yeah. uh, it said, in the North American Free Trade Agreement, comma, modified by the previous administration, comma. Like, they couldn't even bring themselves to put NAFTA doesn't USMCA. exist anymore. Exactly. NAFTA doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. That's an inaccurate thing. Yeah. Somebody should call them out on but it. But they can't, like, even bring themselves to give him credit for anything. Okay. So the other big news is. Yes. New York Post, Canada releases 50 million pounds <laughs> from the maple syrup reserve amid a global shortage. <laughs> the Biden administration is seeking to rein in gas prices by releasing oil from the U.S. strategic reserve. See what this guy did? Look what he started. It, it, um, I mean, that reserve is for emergencies only. only. Maple syrup emergency. I want, to, I want to take this opportunity to announce that Tom and I are going to um, release six podcasts from our emergency podcast supply <laughs> reserve. We're gonna pre, we're gonna pre-record them. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna solve the we're gonna solve the national podcast shortage. Yeah. So uh, I want to give a shout out to our buddy Lou. Lou, sweet, sweet Lou. Lou. Uh, his epic his epic chart of the week talks about the, uh, the Biden seeking gas price relief through strategic petroleum reserve. Um, the, the the reason I brought it up is because he makes a really good point here. The anticipated scenarios for any short sort of SPR release were oil supply disruptions brought on by events such as extreme weather, military conflicts, geopolitically motivated embargoes, and major oil supply infrastructure accidents. In the current moment, none of these sorts of events are impairing petroleum production, trade, and dis- distribution. So, so his point is this is the world's first... Yeah, this is a this bunch is of the nonsense. the world's first, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, you know, l- 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 stealing of the reserve to l- try to to make your policies to try to obfuscate for the fact that your policies suck. Lou's Lou's point is Lou's point is well taken, and if you can get on the mailing list for the monthly chart, the chart of the month, chart of the week, chart of the month, chart of the week. If you can get on this mailing list, do so because these charts are great and complicated just email will p at e-p-r-i-n-c dot org will p at epring.org and say put me on the chart of the week list yeah man and and then and then when you get the chart and don't understand it just email them back and say i don't understand that damn right. chart <laughs> or call us and we'll, we'll call, make something up call us and i may understand it but odds are not better than 50 50 on that okay uh one more thing i've got hypocrite of the week and it's not special k this week that's sad. It is our buddy Leo DiCaprio. Why? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, this is from Barron's. Leo DiCaprio unloads longtime Malibu bungalow for $10.3 million. Can I ask you a question? What the hell kind of $10 million place can you actually call a bungalow? Leo has just sold his property in Malibu's upscale, California's upscale Malibu after calling it home for more than 20 years. Uh, three-bedroom home sold last week for $10.3 million, less than three months after it hit the market. Built in 1950, steps away from the sandy shoreline. Here's the favorite. Here's my favorite part. The name of this beach is important. <laughs> this is <laughs> a great... 1,765-square-foot property is the best house on exclusive Carbon, carbon beach. beach. Carbon Beach. Yeah, I know, I know Carbon Beach, yeah. Uh, now... <laughs> 
<laughs> it has beamed ceilings, a kitchen with great cabinets tiling, multiple decks, Pacific Ocean views, and stairs leading to the beach. Now, when I first read this, That's I thought, you know what? I'm going to give Leo some credit because he's finally practicing what he preaches. Oh, yeah, no, no. He realizes, <laughs> he realizes that Malibu will soon be underwater, and he's getting rid of his beach and, house and, early. And Carbon Beach is going to be first. But... But last week's deal is the latest move in the Oscar winner's real estate portfolio reshuffling. In September, it was reported the star paid $13.8 million for a secluded home in a small gated community in Malibu with direct access to the ocean. Hmm. So That's apparently sad. he just swapped his beach houses. He upgraded. I wonder if direct access to the ocean means he doesn't have to go down a flight of stairs to get to the ocean anymore. It's just a walk-in type deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is my hypocrite of the week. And it's Thanks, a good hypocrite. It's a good hypocrite of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's only 24 more shopping days to Christmas, so you probably need to get on it. Um, what else do we have? I got nothing else. Um, but did you get to watch the Oscars? No, not the Oscars, the, please. The Giants beat the Eagles. Yes, I did. No, no, no. Did All you... our Philadelphia fans. Ah. Did you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade by chance? Bits and pieces of it. but not... You know my favorite part of that. Uh, is I was going to say, Claus, not, not right? that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I uh, think we... I know where we're going. Go uh, ahead. We had a special guest at the parade this year. Wow, oh, hold on, my phone's ringing. Just a second. Oh, my God. Look at who's calling. Oh, hello? Hello, Mr. Hello, President? Hello, How you doing, pal? Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, Dr. Biden and uh, Mr. President, thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. How, how are you? firefighter. <laughs> That's right. We had a New York firefighter here. <laughs> and, and it's so good to, good for you calling. We thank you so much. What's... What's what's your message to the American folks on this Thanksgiving Day? My message is: after two years, you're back. America's back. There's nothing we're unable to overcome. Two years, and you're one of the reasons for that, pal. You're always up. You're always rooting. Well, we appreciate it, Mr. President. Thank you so much. I hope you're going to continue to watch the parade. Santa is coming. Santa is coming, Mr. President. (laughs) I'm waiting for Santa. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, happy Thanksgiving to both of you. From our family to yours, thank you, thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. Wish we were there with you, Al. Nice to see you, pal. All right. Awkward. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving from Uh, Nantucket. Wow. All right. We're out of here. You got to go to a meeting. (laughs) Namaste. Hey.